just knowing that, you know, you are, are worth it, um, and your relationships are worth it, um, just because we really all need that connection, um, as humans, I think sometimes we can discount that, but prioritizing your, your growth, um, the health of your relationships, um, and just overall, like, yourself, prioritizing yourself in that way to be willing to, to explore and do the work, um, it's really one of those things that, um, I just really feel like if we all spent more time doing that, like, I wonder where we, we could all end up as a society, um, and so just really trying to hone in on those things that matter to you and, and prioritizing that. We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain, and I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. Welcome back, Arable friends. We are continuing our series uh, with the Aspen House team and giving each of you an opportunity to get to know them better um, on a professional and personal level. And today we have the lovely Candace Cade with us. Yay. So I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about all of her professional information and then give her a chance to introduce herself a little bit. Um, Candace is a licensed marriage and family therapist associate. She is also EMDR trained. Um, she desires to advocate for health and wellness within the Dallas community through compassionate service and the deconstruction of stigma regarding trauma and mental health needs. She enjoys a collaborative approach in her work with clients as they reach their personal and relational goals. Candace holds clinical experience and understands how cultural intersectionality impacts mental health. She endeavors to hold a trauma-informed space for the BIPOC community, couples, and families, and she has a particular focus for the Black community in her work. Uh, she is passionate about creating a space for healing and liberation of Black clients in the context of interpersonal and familial relationships. Uh, Candace has clinical experience with focus on issues related to neurodiversity, with an emphasis on autism spectrum disorder, racial trauma, boundaries, family of origin issues, anxiety, depression, and challenges in community or communication between couples. Um, she is working towards utilizing an EFT approach or an emotionally focused therapy approach with her clients. Um, and like I said, she's also EMDR trained. She was raised in East Texas, but called the greater Dallas area her home for the last seven years. Candace, welcome to the Arable welcome. Podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you guys so much. This is awesome. Candace, what would you add um, to your bio? Like anything professionally that our listeners should know about you that I didn't cover or even just personal that you would um, like to share just about yourself or your work um, to get well, I, to know you. I think that, um, yeah, what you read was great. I, I feel like that's pretty much me on paper, um, but I'm just, you know, 
your regular, your regular everyday around the way girl. Um, but I really love people and I just, I really enjoy doing therapy work. Yeah. And she's really good at it, y'all. She's being humble. She's really good. I know. She's a powerhouse counselor for sure. I love it. Candace, this is exciting to have you today and uh, just allow our listeners to learn from you from a mental health perspective, um, but also um, get to know you a little bit. So will you please tell us your story, like specifically what drew you into the field of mental health? Yeah, um, I, as a young child, was always a really deep feeler. Um, really intuitive, like could just kind of see and read moods and read people and um, was always kind of the heart on the sleeve, you know, I got, I want to, I want to help. I want to listen. I wanna, and just being really curious as well. And my mom used to joke with me and, and um, always tell me like, you should make a living out of that. Like you just have this, this thing. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, mom, you're, you're biased. You just, you know, whatever. And then um, as I got older, I just really started taking an interest in different um, articles and psychology and taking classes. And I just was like, just felt myself kind of veering in that direction. Um, and yeah, then I was like, I blinked and I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm a whole therapist now. <laughs> But um, that's how I how I got into it. Just it was really I felt like a natural progression. Um, yeah. But it's just funny because it's totally opposite from where I started. But. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I sit with you and talk about humanity and people and relationships, it is, you know, for all that any therapist knows and doesn't know in that given moment, because I do think it's like this lifelong professional developmental process. There is a very natural grounded engagement of the space of humanity and healing for you. Like it really is a very natural fit for you. Like this was, this was in your DNA. We're all clear on that. So I'm in agreement, not that you need it, but I am. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I love people and I, I'm curious about people. I love hearing their stories and um, there, I don't think there's anything else I'd rather be doing, honestly. That's incredible. And I like that word curiosity. I think it's one just in any relationship, but I think about the therapeutic process, just that ability to sit well with people and be curious. And that is something that you embody so beautifully. So it's awesome. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about your kind of therapeutic specialty or niche, kind of what you tend to focus more on and um, what you specialize in. Well, I am still on the newer end of licensure and all of that. So I feel like some of it I'm still kind of figuring out, but I really, really love um, my people. I did this for the black community. I've, I really want to impact and um, just be, you know, be there and show up. Representation matters. And I feel like um, in our field, it's really, really important to show up as a clinician. 
um, but also for just people of color in general, I think that um, I'm seeing more of us out in the field and it does my heart just so good. I just, I, it makes me happy because I think that's what we need um, just to make it more accessible and things. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're in agreement. Would you, for those listeners that still need to understand that idea further, would you speak to why representation in mental health is so powerful and what that does for a person, both uh, on the client side and the professional side? Because I just heard, I just heard the warmth of your heart show up as you, as you spoke to that. Um, so it, it's not just for clients, which is sometimes what I think we limit, we limit those uh, conversations to, but it's both for clients and professionals. So, uh, would you, would you engage that and, and share with our listeners? Absolutely. I think that, um, we see it like in the media, you know, watching your favorite TV show, um, just across like our culture, I think there's something about being able to look across and see something that looks like you or sounds like you or just connects with you on a different level. And um, that has not always been an experience that everyone can access in the mental health field. And I feel like, um, wow, if it's that powerful on across a TV screen, how much more powerful could it be um, yeah. in the room? and doing this type of work and just, yeah. you know, adding in cultural experiences, and, you know, all those things that make up who we are. Um, yeah. I just think it's really special, a special, um, I don't know, special way to connect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think there are levels of connection and um, representation does so much. It gives people permission to connect with mental health. It gives, you know, uh, but also like what you're saying, like sitting in the space, you have a unique ability to bear witness to and engage their story and their heart and their trauma in a way um, that others can't. And, and, and that is very real and very, very important. So Thank you for unpacking that for our listeners. Yeah. Okay, Candace, tell us what is your favorite aspect of your work? Which can, I'll just throw out, like that can change, you know, in different seasons. So like at, like in the here and now today. Hmm. The here and now today. I, I would have to still say it's, it's really that connection piece and hearing people's stories. Um, I don't think we talk enough about how much our clients' stories impact us as clinicians. Um, just, I, I've grown so much and learned so much about myself just from being, you know, in that space with my clients and helping them do that work. Um, so I, I would have to say that and watching them break through and, um, just, you know, get past that, that hard part or get through that hard part. I don't even think that, you know, that goes away ever in therapy work. It's always kind of hard, I think, in some areas. But, um, yeah. It's just 
we're we're amazing. We're as humans, we're amazing and resilient, and getting to see that, um, you know, and experience that alongside someone is just the biggest privilege to me. Yeah, like watching and bearing witness to growth is really pretty profound, isn't it? It is. Like we don't get to see. I mean, we get to see it, but not in real time. Like a sprout going from a seed to a sprout to a tree, you know, or a bush or, you know, we don't really get to see that, but in therapy, you really kind of do. And, uh, it's really neat. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. That really is an honor, isn't it? To be able to, like Jenna said, just bear witness to that and watch that process and, and watch them do their work with their story in such a powerful way. What, as we kind of look outward at the world, at our community, um, as you sit as a mental health provider in today, what mental health patterns or dynamics are you seeing in the world and community? Um, I think there's been a lot over the last couple of years that have been um, impactful to um, mental health, um, but just patterns as you sit there and watch and observe stories and dynamics what what are you seeing I think that we are um, really experiencing just how being more of an individualistic culture is maybe making it hard making it harder especially with COVID I think that we are seeing a real need for that human connection um, and it's showing up because I don't, I don't think we necessarily may have realized how much we needed it before it was like, oh yeah, you know, I'd like to have a social life or I'd like to, um, have these close relationships and kind of have the inner court of, you know, close people. Um, but really, it, we're really seeing like, that's not, it's not really optional. It's really like make or break. Um, I think as we go through, through this as a society, it's really been like make or break for a lot of people. And um, yeah, I have to say it's not, it's not an option anymore. And people are, are more willing to name those things that they're needing. Um, even if it's like, I don't really have the words or the, the right terminology, therapy jargon. It's like, I know I'm missing something. How can I access that? How can I get more of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I actually am really fascinated. I'm my the wheels in my head are turning fast as you brought up the word individualistic, and then I'm, man, we could go so many directions with that when it comes to the pandemic. Like I think, to your point, I think we have. If I'm following you correctly, prior to the crisis and the trauma of this all. I think we were really out of touch mm -hmm. with how much we needed, speaking of, touch, connection, mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, um, and we had really oversimplified and limited understanding of how important that was, mm -hmm. and which might feel in tension with that idea specifically for the pandemic, but like how individualistic we make decisions mm -hmm. when there is like a very community 
communal experience happening, the trauma, the grief, the, the crisis of it all. And I am, yeah, so I went like in a hundred directions in my head as you said that. And I thought, oh yeah, this, this last few years has really in so many ways pressed on that. Yeah. Like it took a, like we don't have, I mean, I'm sure some people will still choose to, but we do not have the luxury to continue to think in a oversimplified way about that part of our lives anymore. Mm-hmm. If we wanted, I, I'm, I'm my bias if we're going to do it well. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah. I don't see a way around it. Thank you for that. Such brilliance. So as everybody is having their soul pressed and their mind and emotions uh, grown, hopefully, probably wounded and hurt some. What is this? What do you think some of the biggest misconceptions or myths about therapy are that you would love to see go away? And I say that because, you know, in our office, we've seen a pretty significant increase in inquiries and people seeking mental health work uh, because of what you just said. So if there's these obstacles because of these myths and misconceptions, which one would you which one would you like to slay today, ma'am? Like, if you could take it out, which one would it be? <laughs> well, actually, no. Um, I have a couple. Um, one. Yes, no limits. We do not have a magic wand that we can wave and just make it go away. Like, it is a process. It is a journey. It yes, is, ma'am. Not, you know, in and out. You really have to commit to yourself and to the process if you're going to do this type of work. Um, Also, I was talking with Kimberly the other day, and she was, like, saying about how we just kind of think, oh, therapy has to be something bad or something wrong with me to go. Um, But she was like, no, like, if you have parents, yeah, okay, then you might be a good candidate for therapy. (laughs) Do you have a family? Have you had any relationships with any other human being? You might be a good candidate. Yeah. So, um, I think it good fit. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we, yeah, we were talking about just that particular myth, but like, you know, the qualifiers are, are really like, are you, are you human and breathing? And have you been in any relationships at any point at in your life? Then even you could probably benefit. Yes. Right. Do, do you have a friend? Do you have a friend? If you don't have friends, you probably could also benefit from therapy. I'll go ahead and put that one out there. But like, yeah, do you have any relationships at all? Right. Totally. The shoe always fits, I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to your first one, though. Both very important. Let's talk about the expectations of therapy. I pretty consistently, and actually Kimberly and I were talking about this the other day. So in our office, we we have some general overarching Aspen House-wide specialties. like So like we're all EMDR trained, we all are trauma-informed and trauma specialists, and then we kind of all niche out from there. Um, so as people, uh, as a group of clinicians who I am very biasly, we're brilliant, we're awesome, that is all, um, who 
work with trauma and do really deep work, really complex work, the vast majority of the people we work with and the cases that we um, work with, they are long-term, complex, hard healing processes. And I am aware that there are theories and things out there that claim to do really brief, quick work. I, I don't completely disagree. And I would say the definition of what we are accomplishing is very different than what they are doing. So we go after the roots of the problem, generally as a team, so that we don't have to keep addressing this long term. And that myth that you are talking about, that like we have a magic wand and like this invitation for people to realize you're going to have to own this and engage this and it is going to be an investment of your time and resources. That myth comes up so much in our work because um, people get tired a little bit into the process. Like they can get yeah. therapy fatigue. Um, so I think about like, I don't know, generally halfway through some of that long-term trauma work, like that is like a myth that we have to end up addressing and grieving because they're like, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. And then additionally, for a lot of people, like they're, they're like on week three working with us and they're like, so how long is this good? And they're like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So I want to talk about that. Like Candace help and and we'll all jump in together because it's something that we all know we all here know very well like let's talk about our culture's severe misunderstanding of the mental health journey process and work and the time that it takes to get stuff done yeah i i think that a lot of it stems from just where we are with all of these advances that we've made as mankind and all the technology and all the convenience and I can just door dash and have it in 30 minutes. I don't even have to get up and you know, you know, I mean, all no, those do not tap, do not attack my door dash or my Amazon prime Candace. I can't handle it today. Like I'm very no, dependent on this. Uh, so get my groceries delivered. <laughs> <laughs> See, and those are, those are great examples of like how we can utilize these things and you know, it, all these things make our I life love them. easier, better, you know, it's great. Me too. I love it too. Um, but when it comes to, I think our personal lives and our relationships and our healing, we kind of want that same, like, all right, let's, let's hurry it up. You know, we don't have that same level of, um, or a different level of, of just understanding that, you know, you have hardwired patterns and, um, you know, just ways of living that you are trying to either understand or undo or relearn. Um, and that takes time. Um, you didn't become the way you are overnight. It's going to take some time to kind of shift gears or move in a different direction or, um, grow. So, Kind of like that whole, like, it's beautiful to get to see the process. It's still a very slow process to see if you think about, um, like, watching something grow. You can you can see it like, oh, you know, that's, it's my little, my little pants, you know, budding or sprouting. But if you're not, if you watch it, you know, just laser focus, it's not going to be this, you know, jack in the beanstalk growth overnight. It really does take time. But I 
think we're worth that time. All of the benefits are so worth it. And um, I just want people to know that they, if, if they give that, that time and investment, you're going to reap a benefit. Um, and it's worth it. Yeah. I also think, I'll add, I think the mental health world looks very different than most of the medical world. Mm -hmm. um, in a few different ways. And maybe we can popcorn here. I think we typically need to meet more often than most of the other interventions where like there's more space in between. And so that's where the investment gets a little bit more expensive at times. Um, I also think that unless we're getting into some really complex issues with a functional medicine approach, like ours general, like whatever our intervention is, takes a lot more time. Um, and so if we were going to be compared to a part, like just timeline and approach, like a part of the medical world, I would say we're, we're a little bit more like that functional medicine where we're like going really deep into like unearthing all the things underneath and the causes. And so it just takes time and like process of elimination and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know, thoughts from you guys, because I think that's another piece that comes in because we are like in that type of general service industry. And so we get compared to them a lot, or at least I feel that. Oh, yeah, I think for sure. And I think um, sometimes just just doing what you just did, Jenna, and validating like sometimes when you haven't engaged with the mental health space, you're just you just know what you know. And maybe you've done your primary care, functional medicine, PT, some other things that are a little bit different. And I think one of the things that the world needs more of is just understanding the process, you know, and understanding that, yes, often we start with weekly, you know, we meet with you weekly, very often in the complex work that we do. And I think even just, I know in my experience, I'd be curious what y'all would say, but just validating that this is an investment of time and of resources and, it, and those, those being financial resources, but also internal resources and just acknowledging that. And then the words that you shared, Candace, you're worth it. You know, you, you're, you're worth this investment. Your life is worth it. It will pay off. It may feel slow, and you're worth it. Um, but there is a very real decision there, I think, for folks to kind of go, okay, I want to do some, some mental health work. Where am I in, in relation to my job schedule or my financial resources? And sometimes it does take some effort to work towards making sure you have that available to you to invest in that. But holding on to the narrative that I'm I'm worth it because there's a lot that could compete with that, you know, with your worth and value. And oftentimes that's with very many issues, the very thing that we're battling is do I value me enough, my relationship enough to prioritize this, you know, um, for myself. curious what um we're asking all of the team you know if you could gift our audience with could be really a lot of things could be some therapeutic information a tip a suggestion encouragement an invitation could be really any of those categories or something else what would it be 
what would you like to gift them with? Outside of the gift of just them getting to hear you speak, we kind of joke in our office that Candace has this voice that, you know, she could read, she could read a manual that is like boring information and you feel, your nervous system feels so at rest. You feel loved. And you feel loved. Held. And your nervous system would just go, ah. So she's already given the audience that gift. And so I'm asking you for another. Um, what would you say? What would you like to gift? I kind of feel like I already touched on it. Um, but just knowing that, you know, you are, are worth it um, and your relationships are worth it. Um, just because we really all need that connection um, as humans, I think sometimes we can discount that. But prioritizing your your growth, um, the health of your relationships, um, and just overall like yourself, prioritizing yourself in that way to be willing to to explore and do the work. Um, it's really one of those things that. I just really feel like if we all spent more time doing that, like I wonder where we we could all end up as a society. Um, And so just really trying to hone in on those things that matter to you and and prioritizing that. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that we can prioritize and that society tells us should be first on our list. But it's really okay to put yourself up there sometimes and say, okay, I need this. I need to figure out, you know, where I'm going, what I'm doing in that, in that respect. And, um, I just think that it's, it's worth all of it. It's worth the, the trouble. It really is. Each of us is worth the disruption and the trouble, aren't we? And we live in a society that tells us otherwise. I, I totally agree. Candace, in your own words, for those who may listen to this series and listen to your episode, what, what would a healthy therapist look like? And what does a healthy and helpful therapeutic process potentially look like? There's a lot of variation, um, but some general guidelines. So if someone is all of a sudden find themselves willing to engage and do the work, like what should they look for? Well, I think that this, this question um, is a good one. I think that there are so many different types of therapy out there and types of clinicians out there can be kind of overwhelming to figure out what you're looking for and what you need. Um, Cause I think sometimes we all need something a little bit different. Um, but first and foremost, I would say um, just really being able to connect and be feel safe is, is high on the list. Um, I think that while well, I was reading, um, someone explained like their therapy experience. It was a clinician, but when Chi Chi um, was saying someone was trying to get her to explain like what she does and like give kind of like some imagery to it. Um, And she was saying that 
what I do is I hold space and I hold my clients as they hold themselves. And I just felt like, wow, like that is so true. And I think that if you're not necessarily feeling that way in your therapy experience, you may need to reevaluate. Like maybe it's not the best fit, which is totally okay. Um, that happens, you know, um, that's part of the process too, is being able to say like, mm, I think I need something a little different or, um, it can be really therapeutic to share that, you know, as well, as hard as it can be. But, um, it's, it's, it's one of those things you really kind of have to, it's like trying on, trying on clothes. Sometimes you, it doesn't always work the first time. And that's okay, but um, you really want to be in a place where you feel safe and secure as you as you walk that journey because it's it's not always easy, and you really need to feel that safety and empathy piece. That's so good. That's so good. And I, I love how you gave permission to let it be a process because there's no way to guess right there's no way to go I see this person and their credentials and specialty and I know exactly how it would feel like you said it's sometimes you try on that cardigan and it's the perfect fit the first time sometimes it's like no this just doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and I love too what you said that it can be so therapeutic to say hey I need X, Y, or Z, and this isn't fitting me, and so I need to find another therapist or a therapeutic process that fits me better. Um, one, it's a good way to use your voice, express your needs, share a boundary, and I and I think part of growth, right? And so, and like you said, just validating the the vulnerability and the uncertainty and the fear there, but also how powerful a moment. And I mean, I've we all have talked about that value and how we relay that to our clients. And I even just celebrate when people go, I know what I need and it's not this. And I'm like, also glad you do. Like, let's get you to where you do need to be, you know, Um, and celebrating that hard thing um, because yeah, there's no crystal ball for like the perfect therapist and the perfect fit, you know? So that was just really good words. I'm curious to the kind of another audience and that being our colleagues and those in the mental health field, what do you think they need to hear right now? What do you think they need to know? Mm, Wow. Yeah. You are kind. You are smart. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. um, No, I think first of all, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. We all need to hear that. That whole you're, kind, you're beautiful. Yeah. No. Um, I really think we are rocking it. You you are doing probably better than you you know to be experiencing a global pandemic and still helping people in their issues while you are having this real life lived experience at the same exact time. Um, navigating all the things, but still holding space for other individuals and couples and families. Like, wow, first of all, that's amazing. And also, um, I just think that 
because we don't really always get to see like 20 years down the line or you know grandkids relationships and you know all the like the ripple effects of the work that we do I think it's just really important to just um trust that you're making an impact and um really just let yourself feel that and celebrate that more um I think as analytical thinkers we can kind of sometimes kind of pick apart like all the ways like oh I could have said that better or I could do this better or um, I really want to grow in this area and get this training and get this certification and kind of always like on that track sometimes we can be um, as clinicians which is great and necessary but also just really celebrating the work that we do and the person that you are to be able to hold that space for people I think is something we could do more of mm, yeah so good. some good professional self-validation <laughs> we all need it right now <laughs> so right <laughs> and it came from the voice of an angel so just listen better we're going to talk about like her future contract for like guided imagery voiceovers so I'm just saying it's coming Okay, I get to ask the fun question. Because oh <laughs> it's my turn. What movie or TV character would best represent your therapeutic style? Y'all, <laughs> this is the hardest question. Um, I had so many things like flash through my mind just now thinking about it. I, I think I have somewhat settled on, um, I think I'm probably a mixture of the Cardigan King, Cardigan Connoisseur himself, Mr. Rogers, and Issa Rae from Insecure. <gasps> yes! 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 self-care activity you know we've talked about as mental health providers this context that we've been in but just always right and the work that we do self-care is important for every human but as we hold space for other stories what's your favorite kind of what's your go-to to take care of you to, to recharge to, to rest what does that look like for Candace um 
A lot of different things, honestly. I'm all about the um, pedicures, massages. I love those type of things. Um, but I really, I think my day-to-day is, is music, listening to music, um, making playlists. That's kind of like my creative, but like it feels, it feels so good. It's soothing. I can feel, but I can also dance. Um, and seeing which those things I love as well so I think that's my go-to self-care that's so good and so good for your right brain and your body and all that we've seen in research so, so yes yeah yeah so so I I have follow-up question <laughs> what who like currently who is your musical muse like who are you listening to who's channeling the feeling helping you channel the feelings and get in touch with parts of you i mean what what who's top on your playlist right now your okay. spotify rap like whatever that is can i just say i, I don't know if y'all have listened to it yet um but i think the whole world probably has at this point but adele's new album i knew you're gonna say that i have i've had to tell some people to stop listening to it because it is so emotionally oh my god provoking the first time i i I said oh ma'am we i can't do this today i can't do this (laughs) i know like i have things you're accessing parts of me you have not been given permission to access like no no well, I love it. I love her, but also, oh my gosh, goodness. It was yes. great. Great. Everything okay. about it. The way she writes, her sheer talent, and then the uniqueness of that woman's voice. Mm-hmm. She's got this really, and she's had some vocal stuff, so I wonder if it's continued to deepen it, but she has this like crazy, grindy break in her voice that she intentionally uses stylistically that I'm like wow and I feel it in my whole body I do too like every time she does it I'm like oh Oh, (laughs) right (laughs) yeah no I've I've yes I've heard the album it's stupid good and I've had to tell some people that I work with do not listen to that anymore it's accessing you're, more than you're you getting can. out of your window of tolerance with Miss <laughs> Adele, and we need to we need to regulate because the emotions are a lot. <laughs> I know. Like if we were special, I'd be like Adele, come on our show and let's talk about what you're doing to the world. Helpful, unhelpful. It goes both ways. <laughs> like helpful and unhelpful. You have to be in like a headspace for that. It's, you it's, do. Yeah. It's like woo. But I love it. You do. You definitely do. Okay. We wrap up the same way every time. What would you like the audience to take away from our conversation today? And what would you like to leave them with? There is a therapist out there for you. And that your healing journey isn't going to look like anyone else's. So if you have to take a break for whatever reason, that's okay. Um, but just know that your journey is yours and it's to be celebrated and you are to be celebrated right where you are. I love that. So good. Final question. What's your takeaway from our time today? Um, I 
just really can't let go of like how much of a privilege it is to do this work and um, just to connect with people, even connecting with you guys today and get to have this, these conversations. Um, it's just super special and um, I'm excited about where we're going as clinicians and in our field and um, I'm just really hopeful that um, the work that we will do is going to show up years and years from now and um, yeah. That's so good. Candace. Thank you so much for your time today and the gift that you have given our audience and the gift that yep. you are to our team. We are so grateful. And y'all be looking out for the future for some really great audios because I am not playing around with that. Like, <laughs> Candace is not really quite sure about this. I'm extremely sure about this. So, like, <laughs> this is going to happen in her future. Like, she needs to be doing some audio mental health adjacent self-care good fun stuff so i i'm i'm driving that sucker all the way home because it needs to happen i am here for it y'all just let me know <laughs> you are a delightful human thank you candace thank you guys I love her. I love that she's on our team. She is seriously one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And I am not playing around about that voice no. career she's got. No, it is no joke. It's no joke. I really am. I am seriously working on putting this together. Um, What was your takeaway? Gosh. Um. I just, you know, as we do this series, getting to just texture and get to know our team in some new angles and ways, I loved her words about, just as she spoke to those looking for a therapist or trying to consider getting counseling or just in that process, and just how warm and inviting and permission-giving and validating she is and just how powerful that is because we can it's just a very common part of our culture and I think we could take that for granted but just as I sat there listening yeah. to her words feeling myself that like oh yeah that it feels good to hear someone else say that even though those have been similar words that I've shared just to not take that for granted and how powerful it is to remind people that they're worth it and that this process is kind of messy and unknown and that's okay and you know just the value of safety and just all the beautiful words yeah. that she shared on that front was so good what about you yeah. what's what's your takeaway you know we know this about her um just like her personality bent and and like why this would come up for candace but i so deeply appreciated that in each of her answers, there was this desire to offer attunement to the experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it was speaking to like the fellow clinician or the person looking for therapy or, 
you know, our world and what she wants potential clients to know and understand. It was just all about like keeping the human in front of her in full view. And I, you know, we have such a high value for that. And she does that so beautifully. I just enjoy her so much deeply. And I, I feel that every time I'm with her. So, um, I think my takeaway is that just the sweet reminder that offering attunement can be the most powerful and only thing someone needs in any given moment. And she's real in touch with that. She's real in touch with that. I love her. Love Candy. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain. 